is Health Unabashed, broadcasting live on Healthcare Now Radio, a show and conversational platform where healthcare meets innovation. We engage top industry talent and dive into the heart of health and wellness from vision to business model to bring you the latest developments in health tech from promising AI applications, policy, and ultimately impact on the public's health and well-being. I'm Greg Masters, co-host and executive producer, and I am joined by the digital health aficionado himself, author, editor, global thought leader, and in his executive capacity, steward servant Gil Bash. Together, we're on a mission to bring you the people, the ideas, and the companies that are not just talking the talk, but walking the talk. On today's menu... We are in the company of Alex Koshikov, the Chief Operating Officer at Eki, a Ukrainian and Israeli-based engineering company that focuses on software and hardware development of digital health and wellness solutions. So with no further delay, Gil, the mic is yours. Greg, a thousand thanks. Um, We had an amazing guest who's airing right now, uh, Yale Alish, who is the CEO of Stuff That Works. And um, for those of you who are listening right now to what's going to be a, I think, um, an eye-popping show, Um, Yael is one of the founders of Waze. She started a new company. If she's disrupted transportation, now she's busy disrupting um, um, the whole patient-centricity experience. So if you want to tune in to Healthcare Now Radio, wow. And on top of that, we have another wow moment. I have with me a very special, very special guest. And Greg, you and I have had the chance to speak with Alex for a few moments in the virtual green room. Alex Koshikov is with us today. Alex is the chief operating officer of B-Key. And um, I've known Alex, I guess, for a little more, maybe three years, where Alex reached out. He also has a global... Uh, a global podcast dedicated to digital health. I had the privilege of being one of his guests on the program. It's an amazing program. Um, Alex asks the the most intriguing, toughest questions, and then, uh, unbeknownst to the guests, he circles back. If he if you said something and it was not correct, or you gave a prediction that was off track, he he he, he zings you publicly. Um, he, he's not above doing that. Um, there's many reasons why Alex is special. He's just a great human being. Um, Alex is from Ukraine. Um, he and his family have been really in the on the front lines of what's going on. They live in a in a community uh, very close to Kiev. Um, they sadly, uh, Alex's mother, by the way, lives on the more toward the eastern border of Ukraine and Russia. Uh, constantly under shelling and uh, Alex and his wife is is a child and um, their dog who's also a refugee left Ukraine uh, a few months ago Alex has been traveling and working through 15 different countries we're privileged to have him right now in the United States he's, he's trying out the life here um, Alex really is a global digital health leader and this is one of the first times, I think it's one of the first shows we're going to have a chance to speak to someone who's part of our global community, who's from Ukraine, who has seen the 
a struggle, the tragedy, the horror of of war up close to personal. Um, and uh, recently we reconnected. Um, it was a very touching moment. We've known each other virtually for, as I mentioned, about three years, but we were together um, in real life. And it's, again, a thrill to have you, Alex, right in front of me. Of course, it's virtual this time, but all the same, it's fantastic to have you. Welcome to the show. And great, thank you so much once again for making this happen. Um, Alex, where are you right now? I'm in Queens, New York. So hi, Gil and Greg, and hello to all our listeners. I'm, I'm really honored to be on your radio show. I've watched and I've listened to lots of your radio podcasts before from your first two seasons and could not even imagine that I'm going to be invited as a guest. So I'm super excited. A little nervous since I don't know what we're going to talk about and talking to you guys, two famous gurus in digital healthcare, it's definitely a privilege. So thanks for having me. Let me correct you. There's three famous gurus of digital healthcare <laughs> in this program right now. Um, Alex, I forgot to tell our listeners, is incredibly humble. His company, Beaky, while it's headquartered in Ukraine, it's also headquartered in Israel. Uh, <laughs> Another place where last week's guest obviously was from Israel as another country that is really seeing the, the, the stress and, and, and hardship of, of war. Um, Alex, it's a real privilege for us to have you here, a real privilege. And you know, I, I really wanted to get your perspective because not just about what's going on in Ukraine and Ukraine and the Russia war, um, I, I could say the Russian aggression, um, quite bluntly. But I, I want to get a little bit of background of what you're doing with the, the folks at Beaky, because you know, you've created a global community of professionals in digital health. You've been traveling the world. You've worked in 15 countries since having to leave Ukraine as effectively a refugee. Uh, tell us a little bit, first of all, about you and Beaky. It's, it's quite a story. Oh, yeah. Uh, where do I start? Just, just a few words that... I had no healthcare background, never had any doctors in my family, so really no connection to healthcare before. I was majoring in public relations and advertising in college, and I surprisingly got a job as a public relations manager in an NGO back then called All Ukrainian Network People Living with HIV. That's where I actually had to learn a lot of things about human body and about HIV specifically, about the treatment. And uh, I'm going to tell you, those four years of my life were most impactful and meaningful so far by a lot. We did some really great projects. We, we decreased stigma and discrimination against HIV-positive people by a lot. We somehow, I still can't believe that happened, but we somehow managed to get the treatment to HIV-positive people in prisons, which was a very complicated task, especially knowing our penetration system a bit better. So, yeah, somehow I got to healthcare, but then when I graduated, I had to find a job in business and start actually making money because that was more like a volunteer job. I was paid like you know, $50 a month, which is definitely not something that you can live on. A lot of money in Ukraine, by the way. And so that's, you know, people be surprised about how much money that's worth for some people. Yeah, yeah, and especially back in 2011. But yeah, I got into business. I started doing public relations for a software development company, and that was fun. Learned a lot of new stuff, but I guess I reached the ceiling at some point. So I did a transition into project management in healthcare. Uh, actually, 
just project management overall. And by accident, first of my big projects were healthcare related. So I'm like, yeah, it makes sense now since I'm doing all the healthcare stuff. I'm, I'm going to do healthcare projects in IT as well. And then after a few years and switching companies doing that, getting lots of expertise, I decided to start my own company with my business partner who's in Israel. So yeah, we're two lucky founders. One is one from Ukraine, one from Israel. Life just doesn't give us a break <laughs> nowadays. Uh, and yeah, we had a seventh anniversary in last December. And 80% of our portfolio is digital health-related projects. And I, I feel very privileged doing that. It's like it's, it's the thing when you, you're in business, but you still can help uh, other people and patients around the world by creating really some great products in this space. So that's us. That's incredible. Yeah, that's an incredible story. And obviously, you're the, you're the chief operating officer of the company in it. It, it's become a global company. Um, obviously, a lot of energy. What was what was your decision? I'm sh I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you and Beaky decided to launch your own podcast series called Digital Digital Health, straight to the point. Uh, very successful show. It's it's great. I've I, I've I've watched a, a lot of them. Obviously, they're both visual and obviously audio. But what was the decision way back when? I mean, because you were one of the first pioneers to say, "Hey, let's have a program dedicated to digital health." Right. That, that's the kind of funny story. So one of the potential clients we talked to, he created an MVP uh, for a hospital. I don't remember exactly what the solution was, but something specific for hospitals. And when we had a call, I asked him, is your, is your software HIPAA compliant? And he's like, what's, what's HIPAA compliance? I'm like, how uh, you probably should do should know this because you are operating in that space. So that's we decided to. That's how we decided to start the channel and start with the educational videos about what is HIPAA compliance, what are the security standards, what is penetration tests and stuff like that. And then it's kind of uh, decided to grow it into a bigger channel and educate startup founders all over the world about lots of things that are important for a startup founder in digital healthcare. And yeah, uh, I think all the interviews I've done over the past two and a half years have really great insights about what to do or not to do if you want to have your startup uh, being successful in digital healthcare. You know, it's, it's a very practical thing. First of all, I think it's a huge service. And when I travel the world and I'm speaking to people, entrepreneurs, who are starting um, all different types of digital health companies? It's such a vast, um, it's such a vast category because people think digital health and they think of like their cell phone and apps, and they don't remember it's it's health information services or health IT. A hit. Um, there's wearables. There's um, AI applications, Gen AI, ChatGPT. Uh, how we scrape information off of, of medical records and bring it together. There are many, many, many different applications of of digital health. I think that um, uh, Galen Growth, which tracks this, I think they probably have about I don't know more than a hundred different aspects of digital health. And often, to your point, I'm meeting entrepreneurs. They're they've got a real zest for this work, but they actually don't know the the health ecosystem. They they really don't know the structure they're entering into. 
I, I'd be curious just to exchange notes, colleague to colleague. Do you, do you find that to be the case as well, where you're, you're meeting with people, your your health digital marketing company, you're helping companies get their legs and be successful? What's their knowledge level you find in terms of understanding global health structure? Uh, very different. Uh, really depends a lot, especially for startup founders outside of the US. But of course, most of them are still willing to, to penetrate the US market. And actually, one, one of our mutual good friends, Levi Shapiro, he once said on my on my show that he is an, as an investor, he probably won't invest in a startup who is not planning to go to the US market due to obvious reasons. So for me, as a software development provider, and actually now a startup founder in the space as well, uh, I realized that people outside of the US have no idea how the US healthcare system works. And I was I was also on that side because I definitely knew how everything works from the technical perspective, from the regulations perspective, uh, HIPAA compliance and all the stuff. But only once I got to the country, I actually started understanding that I had no idea how the whole system works. Actually, what people a lot of say, usually say systems because it's so fragmented and complicated here in the US. So I even started a LinkedIn newsletter, uh, which is called the US healthcare system through the eyes of Ukrainian refugee. And I just share some of the experience I had already in the US hospitals, unfortunately, too many times with having a kid and my wife and some relatives here. So yeah, um, definitely the level of knowledge is very different and that that's one of the main one of the main reasons i think you and me are doing this work to educate and pro provide more information so startup founders would come prepared just wrapping in you're right on time for health unabashed on healthcare now radio today we're chatting with alex koshikov the chief operating officer at ukrainian and israeli-based Eki an engineering company that focuses on software and hardware development of digital health and wellness solutions. Stay tuned for the rest of the story. You know, I, I hope you don't mind. You and I have uh, obviously for different reasons and, and different levels of attachment, but we're both very connected to Ukraine. I mean, you're obviously a, um, a, a dedicated Ukrainian citizen. You love Ukraine. You're eager to get back to your home. You, you, Kind of you and your family stuck it out as long as it was physically possible. Uh, I remember you telling me that your dog that you're traveling with now that's with you, um, you know, has sort of like noise tremors or noise anxiety now because of all the shelling that goes on. I know I think your 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 wife's mother or your mother is um, is still in Ukraine. Uh, you have obviously close family in Ukraine. Um, and we've talked about you know going back and forth i've been to ukraine maybe 15 times um you know i i have a, a a deep deep fondness for the for the country its beauty the the the, the love and warmth of the people their their dedication and um and sense of patriotism um particularly now and i'm wondering if you could share a little bit about just a, a bit about your life these last months um since of course the conflict began uh, you know, initially, uh, I think that the the first interview we did together, you were obviously in Ukraine. Um, now you're in New York. Now you're in the New York area. 
what, can you share with the listeners what it's like to be, you know, sort of like just living in Ukraine in the center of the country? Sure. When the full invasion started on February 24th of 2022, I was actually in Kharkiv uh, in my home with my wife and my kid and parents of my wife and my parents, which is basically 30 miles, I think, away from the war with Russia. So I was, we were one of the first people who found out through in our window, we saw that the war started. And the next seven days were horrible and really hard to explain and describe that in words because there was a tank battle like five miles away from my house then super just started flying just above our house and which is incredibly loud and scary after that actually we decided that we have to leave to western ukraine and then leave the country uh having a three months old child back then it was like i'm pretty sure it was the right decision very very difficult experience um my my grandpa who went through the second world war uh, and came back came back successfully and alive not injured he he would not believe this this actually happened in 2022 and still continues and um yeah we we became refugees never thought that this is possible in 21st century and we decided not to settle in one place but use that opportunity and travel around the world so we went through all europe and asia and then europe again and then moved to the states uh but yeah waiting for the day when the victory comes and we can uh, safely come back home yo now here you are you're you're part of our digital health community you're part of our our health communications community you're you're working with companies um, you're continuing your work. H- how is it for you? You you pick up from your home office, and suddenly you're in another country, and another country, and another country, and another country. What what is that like from a work work life perspective? You know, or uh, I know that you are very dedicated to this. I know you're passionate to our sector, but but. Can you share with us a little bit of how it really comes together? How do you get stuff done on the road? So two things. First, thanks to pandemic, it, the this experience of the remote work wasn't something new for us, for, for, for me and the whole company. So basically when the war started, when the full invasion started, everybody just grabbed their laptop, uh, went, never went outside of their apartment and continued working basically the next day. So in that term, that was very, the transition was fairly smooth, I guess, if I can say in that circumstances. And the second thing, I'm very, I'm very happy and privileged to have my team, which is very well established. Most of our employees are working with us for five plus 10, five plus years. And that helps a lot that you can trust your team. Uh, you can delegate. They, they're very independent. And that's basically how our clients never even saw, uh, any, any difference between the previous work we've done and the one we did now and just continue doing it. So yeah, uh, it's definitely an, quite an experience, something I'll be able to tell my grandchildren someday about all those trials and all, everything happened. Uh, but, uh, I guess that's how it is. No regrets. You know, you're such an inspiration and everybody who's part of the community, the digital health community around the world has gotten to know you from, you know, certainly your, your, um, your, your shows and your work 
um, your support for all of us. Um, so I'm, I'm going to ask a question later on about that. I'm, I'll let you think about it now of how we could support you, um, because obviously many of us, our hearts go out to all the people of Ukraine who are are impacted by this terrible conflict and have demonstrated, in, uh, as you and your, and your family have, so much courage in the face of so much adversity. Um, obviously, you know, Russia is a behemoth. Ukraine is a, is, is a very you know, strong, um, well-populated nation, but not like Russia. It doesn't have the production capability. It is, it is really dependent upon the support from, from Europe and the United States for the, for the tools in order to defend itself. Um, but obviously our, our concern is channeled through you. But I've got another question for you first. I'll let you think about that one. So to our listeners, I had no idea when I was first with Alex, he asked me for three predictions. And, you know, you, you put out predictions and you take it seriously, you know, trends. And then um, Alex comes back like, I don't know, two, three years later. And he says, you know, when I first spoke to you, you gave these three predictions. And, and thank goodness the three predictions were, Alex, was I on point or not on point? You were 100% on point. Yeah, so I was really grateful for that. But what does this guy do? He then asked me for three more predictions. So it's like, okay, he could have just let it go and say, you know, Gil, you're, I asked you for three predictions. Here were the three predictions. You were right. You're batting 100. What does he do? He puts me up at bat again. Now, now I have to sweat it out until the next time he has me on as a guest. I hope I hope that will be in the next few years. There's a busy lineup for the show. But um he has me on and to determine like, um, are you gonna be right again or are you gonna destroy your uh, your batting average here? So Alex, uh, I'm not gonna put you on the same spot, but you're a globalist, you're a globalist. Uh share with us what you think is important for us in the sector to pay attention to. Not predictions, not put you on the sabbat, but but you're you're someone who speaks to a lot of us around the world. You know what the customers are focusing in on. What do you think we should be focusing in on based on your expertise? Well, again, thanks for <laughs> I appreciate for not asking me for your predictions. Uh, I I would be very nervous, especially after you gave those great predictions on my show. But uh, there. Are too many things I can think of right now, but I'm actually gonna pick just one. The one I really truly believe personally, and our company does as well. We believe in home care and virtual clinics and virtual hospitals and remote patient monitoring. And we believe this is definitely the future of healthcare. I, I do not want to see uh doctors like in Ukraine, I've seen so many times are talking to people with runny nose or like simple cough or flu instead of talking to patients with chronic diseases and other uh, severe problems. I want all those fairly simple issues to be solved from home with all the technology available uh, available right now. And hospitals are going to, and doctors are going to focus specifically on patients um, with some chronic diseases and some severe issues. Uh, so yeah, I, I believe in home care. I think remote care, a remote work is already a norm. I believe home care is going to be a new norm very soon. You know, I, I love that. I love that because uh, it's not just about uh, telehealth or the virtual care visit. Um, we're at the very dawn of that, of, of your, of your trend at the very dawn. I, I see us developing and deploying tools 
where doctors can take blood pressure remotely, where they can they can uh, use uh, technology of on the laptop, um, and even using the finger pad one day to check your pulse and uh, blood pressure. All of that technology, I think, is going to make the virtual care visit much more meaningful and practical. And you know, Ukraine is a very sophisticated country. I mean, obviously, when you go out into the countryside, you feel that you're back in the 19th century sometimes. But when you sit down with people like yourself in the major cities, you, you really feel you're at the cutting edge of what's going on, a cutting edge. We've just got to, it's hard for me to believe that this has gone so quickly. We've just got like two minutes left. But Alex, I, I wanted to ask you an important question. You're a friend to all of us. You're a supporter of all of us. What can we be doing for you? First, and probably the most important thing is spread the word. The, the word. And I know, Gil, you're doing that a lot. Uh, here in the U.S., talking to lots of Americans, I feel like there is lack of truthful information about what's going on on the other side of the world. And this is very important. I mean, if if people would understand better what's happening there, uh, I definitely it would change the whole the whole um, situation around the war in Ukraine. So spreading the word the word around the problem, I guess, is is the most important thing all of us can do. And I try to do that as well all the time, uh, being here outside of the country. Uh, and also, um, I'm gonna use this last few minutes to to share that. Um, I started talking about impact before and right after the full invasion, uh, my company started a project called Doctors for UA. It's a basically marketplace where all Ukrainians who cannot get offline help, medical consultation, can get online consultation with doctors who know Ukrainian or Russian from all over the world. And the, the platform is still up and running uh, and we're planning to continue support it. It's a non-commercial project, totally volunteer project. At least 7,000 patients, uh, 400 doctors, at least 2,000 successful consultations. And we decided to go further. We decided to develop a medical device to actually provide more uh, data and vitals to doctors during online consultation. So probably next month or in two, we're going to launch a Kickstarter campaign, crowdfunding campaign. And if it's going to be successful, we're going to send some of those devices closer to the front line to help consult civilians who still live there, but they don't have a single ch chance to go to the doctor. The, the hospitals get bombed or there are no doctors at all. And hopefully they're going to get some medical help as well. So if anyone is interested, you can support our campaign on Kickstarter. I'm definitely going to post it on LinkedIn or in other social media. And that would be also very helpful. Alex, I cannot thank you enough for carving out time to be with us today. You are inspirational, you're our hero, and you demonstrate how people's passion for digital health continues to make a difference. Alex, thank you. Greg, as always, my friend, thank you so much. Till next time. Thank you very much. And that, dear listeners, is the last note for today's Melody. A huge thank you to our worldwide audience for listening in. And tip of the hat to our special guest, Alex Koshikov, the Chief Operating Officer at Biki, a Ukrainian and Israeli-based engineering company that focuses on software and hardware development of digital health and wellness solutions. Do follow Alex's work on Twitter via at Alex Koshikov, 
and that's A-L-E-X-K-O-S-H-Y-K-O-V, or B-E-K-E-Y, and that's at B-E-K-E-Y underscore I-N-C, or on the web at www.bkey.io. Health in a Bash streams live three times a day on Healthcare Now Radio, Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m., 6.30 p.m., and 2.30 a.m. Eastern, and that's 7.30 a.m., 3.30 p.m., and 11.30 p.m. Pacific. Stay social with Gil and me on Twitter via at Gil underscore Bash, and that's B-A-S-H-E, and Greg Masters M-P-H, and that is Greg with two Gs, and don't forget to give your tweets some zing with our hashtag Health and Abashed. Until we meet again, pursue your passion for better health and with no apologies. 